Crazy. Disruptive. Explicit. We say it like it is. Real world sales and marketing. Real stories from the road. Yeah, it's the real shit. This, this is the Wreak Havoc Podcast. Welcome to the Wreak Havoc Podcast. Podcast about wreaking havoc everywhere. All over. But specifically, where would you like to wreak havoc today, Mr. Brown? Uh, today? Uh, I think we're going to wreak havoc in sales, marketing, kids, parenthood. Parenting. Parenting. I have kids. Uh, we're going to, you know, I think we're going to blow some minds today with something fairly simple called patience. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Fairly simple. <laughs> patience. So I got to tell you patience. a funny story about patience. So growing up, um, grew up in a uh, Christian home. So we got all kinds of like salty to songbook stuff. None of you are like, I don't know what you're talking about. We did all kinds of like vacation Bible school stuff, all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, there was this one song, there was this turtle and he would sing the patience song. And still to this day, my family will do this because you want to kill somebody when you hear it, especially when you're not being patient. And one of your siblings goes, be patient. Be patient. Now imagine a turtle saying this. Don't be in such a hurry. Remember when you get impatient, you only start to worry. Remember, remember that God is patient too. And think about the times when others had to wait for you. We would do that. And I'm so glad we got that on video and audio. Because it's this is that's good, good shit, right? Yeah, there are people that want to punch me in my face. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them have the last name of Sally. My dad still sings that song to me. I've never heard it. Uh, super accurate. Yeah, it's a, imagine if I was a turtle singing it. I don't have a lot of experience with turtles necessarily, uh, no. but I can imagine it. I they're slow, but they're, they're consistent. Does it make sense? Okay. Yeah. I, well done. Way yeah. to play that in there. You're welcome. I think it's a big thing. I mean, what we're looking at is, from from my standpoint, is a it's you know we always go to quotes, right? We got give our credit to some of our guys that lead us, you know, Gary V gets a lot of shout outs on mm-hmm. our show. What's up, he, Gary v? Mm-hmm. He, he's my dude. He's my Yoda. He's my Yoda. And, uh, Gary V says, he's like, I'm not worried about what getting booed in the third quarter. <laughs> Talk to me after the game. Scoreboard. That's it, dude. Like, I mean, you get, you, you gotta have some patience. You gotta look forward to what you're, you know, you gotta, you gotta realize that it's not about right now. And I think just, giving our little take on society kind of thing. That's the way everyone's immediate, right? Everything's more immediate now. Kids have it on their phone. It's like, it's a social media. Like, you know, immediately if somebody like, I I mean, I don't have, we used to have the patience. Don't hurt. Don't hurt yourself. Slow down. Be patient on your delivery. Let all the words form in your brain. Then let your Mm. mouth take over. When we were kids, if you heard (laughs) sirens or something going on, right? You would wait till the six o'clock news. And you'd watch it on TV to see what it was. Sometimes we'd wait till the next day to read it in the paper. Yeah. Now I do this all the time. I'll hear sirens go by outside or something going on, or I'll mm-hmm. see a traffic like backed up somewhere. What's going I on? I immediately will get on my phone. Sometimes right there at that stoplight, whatever it is. Not driving. Will, of not driving. I'm never moving. I will look up on Twitter because the Somebody. Boise PD. Yeah. The Boise Police Department is live tweeting what's going on and they're like oh there's an accident at this place or there was a call for a fire at this place so like i think we're in such a you know we're trained everything is so mm-hmm. immediate now that it's hard in business and sales in in the process of just doing doing your day-to-day job you're expecting it to happen like right now like everything's right now mm-hmm. and I, and i mean you have to be able to give people the the thought process that hey this the slow the if you slow this down it's a good thing. Like, it's okay. It's going to be the long game's good. I, I, and I was excited to bring this up with you because being in the advertising world and mm-hmm. being in marketing and that for so long, I don't know that there's anything where you have to be more patient than, than, you know, building a brand with a, you know, a company that, you know, is you're putting out on, you know, cause radio ads, right. You can't hear one radio ad and someone runs in and buys something. You have to do a lot of them. Well, that's not true. I well, can put a radio ad on do. the radio right now. And now we'll have people lined up at your door. There you go. But that's not how it really works in the real world. No. You can do that, but it's, I mean, it doesn't work. Yeah. But you got to, I mean, yeah, it takes time. I mean. Like you guys, I mean, your job is basically teaching your clients to have patience and to let you do your job. Basically, like, let mm-hmm. me, let me, let me do this. Let for me help you. you. 
a craft. You got, I mean, you have to be, this is something that, um, that Ed Moore. So he's my, my boss. He's my guru. He talks about all the time. You have to be strategic, but you got to know what that you go. What's the short game and what's the long game and what's the balance of that? Cause you're going to find a balance, right? But if you're not strategic about it, like who, who is your audience? If you don't know who your audience is, that's a problem. That's part of your strategy, but you're always going to come back down to there's other, there's things that are specific to your strategy that sometimes take longer and that always are a consistency issue. Branding is a big one. If people don't know who you are and what you stand for, that's a big deal. Like Apple computers, Mac computers. Like, what do they, what do they stand? Are they a better computer than a PC? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But they, they brand themselves as helping you create and helping you get your message out there and how the way that they do it, they do it better than PC does. Whether or not they're a superior product is almost irrelevant. Does it work? Yeah. Does it, does it crash? No, no, not really. Does it, does it help me be a better version of me when it comes to creative? I feel better. When? Yeah. Well, we're sitting there with two Macs right in front of us, and it's, you know, I'm a well, Mac guy. You're a Mac guy. Yeah. And I, you know what's funny? I wasn't two years ago. I wasn't either. Me either. Um, I don't have any complaints. Mm. Once I figured out, you know, all the little things, but I've always been an iPhone guy. I love my iPhone. Right. I love your iPhone. <laughs> You're so handsome. You're so handsome. I think, so handsome. You know, you talk about the pages thing. I, so another guy that we mentioned a lot, Andy Frizzella, he, uh-huh. you know, he talks about the pay when he talks about patience, he says sales and, and the process of what you're trying to get to, whether it be, and he obviously sells a, a health product. So he's talking about, you know, your health and your fitness, as well as your sales cycle, as well as what you're trying to do, having that patience. It's basically like running a marathon, right? And if you get into that marathon and it's 26 miles and you get in and you run that, you run in that marathon as hard as you can for 10 miles and you just go, I can't do it. And you stop and you go back and you're like, I'll do it again. I'll start the next marathon. And you go out to the next marathon, you run 15 miles and you're mm-hmm. okay. Now you run and you go, oh, I can't, you break again and you go back and you start over again. That starting and stopping over, like, you, you know, you run, you've ran your 26 miles, but you had to do it three different times and you started right. over every time. And by the time you do that three times, now you've run 60, 70 something miles, right? Like, <laughs> like you're, you're starting yourself over because you don't have the patience to just like, just make it all happen. Make, make it go to the very end. You're trying to rush yourself through what you're trying to do. It's not a sprint. Right. It's a long, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh. A marathon? Marathon. There we go. Just I knew, yeah, I knew you were going to get that. But I I love the idea, though, and I'll I'll kind of not disagree with you. There are little sprints within the marathon. There's 52 one-week sprints when it comes to my radar of what I got to get done for the bigger goal. Right. So when I'm training for my marathon, there are those sprints of, of training, and I use sprint being metaphorical, but there is a sense of urgency within it. Being patient doesn't mean it that, that you're not urgent. Right. Yeah. Right. Small attainable goals. You're still getting to those goals. Yeah, you're exactly. still hitting the goals. But I think that we lose track. I do a lot of work with car dealerships, right? right. And they are always about, we need to get people in right now. We've got to sell cars right now, right now, right now, which I get it. But at the same time, you're also just talking to the very end of the buying cycle. If the buying cycle is a linear scale, you got the dude that just bought the car, right? He's not buying a new car right now because he just bought one last week. Right. Then you got the other guy that's like, yeah, I just totaled my car. I got to go buy a new car. What should I go get? You got the guy that, like, if I tell you, hey, there's a brand new Ford F-150 for $29,995. Like that stuff, I almost just passed out. Right. It doesn't, that's not moving the needle. And the context of that price point the only people that know whether that's a great price point are the people that work at the dealership or the guy that's about to sign the paperwork and he's like, hmm, $29,995. How come this one's $36,995? And not the same. Those are the only people that know that that's a great deal. So that's the last 5% of it. There's 95% of it. What are you doing there? That's your marathon. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to brand your dealership? Because there's, so let's say Ford, for example. Ford makes a great vehicle right nobody's gonna argue all the cars out there they're all good nobody makes a piece of crap anymore they're all good right right 
But what, what differentiates your dealership? So within the Boise area, right? Boise Metro, you've got Alithia, which is a big company. They're all over the place. You've got Corwin. It's been family owned for 180 bazillion years. You've got Kendall. Um, those are the three main ones, right? In the area. Yeah, that's it now. Yeah. There's one out in Gentry Ford out in Ontario, but I, well, I see out, Mountain Home Auto yeah, Ranch. Outskirts and then Mountain Dennis Home. Dillon, Dennis Dillon. They don't sell Fords. He does at Mountain Home, doesn't he? Mm. Mountain Home Auto Ranch. Kind of. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, he does. Maybe. So we'll say four dealerships, right. right? What differentiates you within the scope of those four dealerships? Right. You got to figure that out. And, and frankly, the guys out at Mountain Home Auto Ranch, as much as people want to make fun of it, they do something brilliant. Buy a truck, get, get a gun. gun. Here's the deal. Gun. Know your audience. Yeah. There's the, no more redneck Idaho thing than buy a buy truck, a truck get, a gun. get a gun. And people will make fun of it. Guess what? That's not your customer. And that's just fine. They're okay with it. Yeah. But for the rural lifestyle that's like, shoot, yeah, we're out there. That's awesome. Got myself a new F-150 and a 30 out six. It's a yeah. good day. But it's an it's a know your customer thing. Anyway, that whole the whole little diatribe on that, all about understanding. There is a time for the sprint. There is a time to be price point centric on some of that stuff. But at the same time, if you're not doing the branding stuff, you're not going to win that fight just on a price point most of the time. It's hard for companies to do that because here's the deal. It's super hard. I've bought a lot of my vehicles knowing that I knew the sales guy. That's okay. Right. Okay. Relationship. Sales guys leave auto sales all the fucking time. These guys do not have a... Oh, that's the first one in the show. Congratulations. That's pretty far down. Actually. I'd like to, really uh, I didn't get a time on it. I wasn't paying attention. Hold on. Uh, like oh, yeah. 12 minutes. Then. That was Brad. Yeah. You're a little rusty. I'm slowing cheers. down. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Okay. What did you make we're us to doing, We're not doing wine tonight. We're uh, giving a little shout out to Tito's homemade uh, gluten-free uh, vodka out of uh, Texas. We're doing like a little Tito's. vodka soda tonight, keeping it low-cal, low-cal. I like that. Do we look thinner? You look thinner. Mm-hmm. I feel really fat. I feel mentally thinner. I went and had my biometric screening last week or two weeks ago. How'd that go? Did you pass? I passed. I'm not dead. That's good. But um, I have high cholesterol, and my triglycerides are real high. Mm. So I might have to do something about it. I am one of the on uh, bad on the machines, on the testing uh, my doctor says I'm one of the healthiest fat guys he's ever met. Really? Yep. He says I got no cholesterol, no heart problems, no all that. That's crazy. That is crazy. How is. can you be a healthy fat guy? That's not know. fair. I'm proving, I'm proving it wrong. I'm fighting the fighting the stereotype. Fight the power. I guess. Yep. Mm. So that's I think that like I love the fact you bring in like the car sales thing because to me that's a great example of uh, opposite of how I try to sell. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I know that when I meet a car sales guy, when I just walk on the lot, I don't have a lead in like somebody that I know. I, that guy does not give a fuck about me or what I'm going to do in the future. Honestly, I don't because they just, they just don't like they've done. I mean, if you just look at his industry, Mm -hmm. I know I'm stereotyping here. You, I mean, you and I have been in business in this area in a long time, dude. Do you really know anybody that you can say, man, I know that guy's been selling cars for 20 years. I, I do. Okay. Well, you, yeah, you might. Have I know a few and like, I know a guy. Some guys. So, but this is, some of them are the big dealerships that sell new and used. Some of them are the used dealerships. So, uh, owner maybe, but yeah. So like Butch, for the most part, I've never bought a car. Butch I've, Peterson. I've never uh, bought a car, two cars from one sales guy. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm kind of spoiled because I know. Maybe a dealership, maybe yeah. a dealership, but by the most part, I'd say just, if we just look at it stereotypically, yeah. it's a pretty fast turn on a car deal. It's Not a, a lot turn. of guys make a career out of being a car salesman. It's super tough. I will say this though, and I'll give the car biz a little a little credit. That has changed a lot. The way that it was 20 years ago was a bunch of shyster just come on in and get you like high pressure. You cannot get away with that anymore but here's the here for me but i don't think they were even shy i'm not saying guys are shysters i got a lot of good friends who've been car salesmen i'm just saying that maybe that's a little hard at the time here's the deal though they're short-sighted salespeople. like they're usually it's it's, they make good money on each car so like there's not like a like there's no car dealership i shouldn't say no i don't know personally Mm -hmm. first-handedly of any car dealerships who basically pay their car sales guys a lot of money in a salary that doesn't incentivize them to move there's, cars. Right? There's a few. 
that do in the market. Then maybe, you know, if you're paying a guy 80, 80, $90,000 a year so, to be a sales guy and mm-hmm. he can keep that job if he sells no cars, but keeps people happy. That's a trick. He's not going to keep his job if he's not right. selling cars. But Here's the beauty of These guys it. are turning a 10 or thousand, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to, they're trying to move these things because they're mm-hmm. rolling, you know, a lot of these sales guys, they're, they're making that 10,000, $12,000 a month, mm-hmm. but the next month they may do two. So here's where I think this ties in really well. If you're a smart manager, you'll recognize specifically in, a, in an area like this, it's a small town at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. Relationship, will talk. in my opinion, trumps all that stuff. If I really, really like you, that is so hard to overcome for the competitor, right? If you're a smart manager and you figure out, hey, look, if I have really good people and I take care of really good people and I start to get that cycle rolling it's that patience thing, right? And it, and it's it's a different perspective where you're going to say, hey, look, it's kind of like the stock market. Listen, the stock market is going to do this all the time. It just is, right? Like it had a 500-point gain today, right? right? It's been all over the place lately, but historically speaking, it's going to do this. If you look at it from a, a bigger perspective, and again, your perspective is going to dictate your strategy on that. If you recognize that, look, I know there's going to be months where it's just not going to be easy. There's going to be months where you're going to absolutely kill it. But if you focus on the relationship angle of this, don't sell me a car. Help me find the right vehicle that fits my right. needs and budget. If you if you get that, and this takes time to, to work, if you build that up, what happens is in 10 years, you've become, and I, I, I talk about this a lot, everybody's got a guy, right? That's my guy. It's my haircut guy. That's my plumber guy. That's my electrician guy. That's my guy that I go to for a hot tub. My guy that I go to for Tito's homemade, Mm -hmm. handmade, not homemade, handmade whiskey. Not whiskey, vodka. I got really sideways on that. Yeah, might have been the vodka. I could have been. Anyway, there's a great example of when you have the patience to, that guy's now got the cycle going. As long as he keeps on delivering all that stuff, he's going to be selling some cars. I I know guys in the car business, they don't have to do anything. It's all referral. Absolutely. They don't do anything. They just sit there and people come in. Yeah, John sent me in. The last guy I remember like that is, I don't know if you ever met him, but you met Cecily. Cecily mm-hmm. Owen's dad, Mark Owens. They called him Marco. He uh, was with he was Bob Rice back when we had Bob Rice Ford. Huh? My grandpa would not buy a car huh? anywhere but Bob Rice Ford. And he went to Marco every time. Before I ever met Cecily, like I met Cecily and next thing you know, he's like, your dad named Mark. I mean, yeah, that's my car sales guy. Mark Owens made a lot of money, did very well, and was in that car business until the day they shut down Bob oh, yeah. Rice Ford. Um, you know, he's the last guy I can think of of like that kind of that breed. You they know, were, they're, they're like he. he that was just, unique. It was just he. Everyone went there, and mm-hmm. he did everything. But that was he was all about that long tail because he he looked at the long tail of it. With my grandpa would tell everyone and oh, his yeah. buddies. You go buy, I buy mine here, and this is what you do, right? And that's where I think they have to have the the patience of, of, and that's a tough thing, man. I mean, you're dealing with it like the brand mm-hmm. having to represent, you know, the the Kendall Fords of the world without representing the John, Steve, and Mike, the sales guys who maybe don't have the intention of the long tail. They're yeah. looking at what they can make in commission this month because it's Christmas and they yeah. plan on moving to another job here in, in January or February. So like, that's a hard thing for people to press, but like, you know, as a company, you have to be able to, as a manager, you have to be able to sift those people out and make it. Well, and it comes back like down. It. I think it comes back down to management. How you run your business is it matters it, that it's everything. And if you hire, if you, if you hire the right people and have the right system and all that stuff, it's going to, it's going to figure itself out at the same time, there's just going to be months that suck. And there's going to be times where, you know what? I, I can't control all of these things. I can get your message out there. And as long as it's a good message, that's relevant, you're going to be in the conversation. The flip side of that coin is this. If you're not in the conversation, if I'm going to buy a Ford truck and I've got this conversation going and it's just Kendall Ford, Corwin Ford, and Lithia Ford, the mountain home guy and the gentry guy are not in that conversation. Mm-hmm. They don't get picked right. every time. And there's, there's some of that that's geography, but there's, it comes down to the same thing. You, you have to be in the conversation in order to get picked, period. Yep. That's where the, the branding comes in. And just, just being consistent in your marketing efforts as, as a whole. 
It doesn't have to be. I mean, it's not okay, you can obviously not just radio. I mean, it's, that's talking it's digital. It's it is an, a fully integrated marketing campaign, and it's being like you made reference to Boise Police Department. That's a branding thing where, hey, guess what? We are in the know. And what it does is it develops a confidence in my municipality of the police force that they are in the know and communicating what's going on to me. I feel more secure in my community. Yep. Well, and I can even transition it from, you know, you're looking at it from the marketing side. I'll, I'll give you the sales side of it. You talk about having patience in sales. I have companies that I... I've been pursuing, you know, for years. I mean, and this has always happened in, in a lot of different things, but I mean, in the building supply game or, you know, when I was selling, uh, you know, Traegers or what, you know, barbecues or coolers or whatever it is. But like, I mean, I've got companies that I literally have been walking in their door for years, mm-hmm. just stopping in. Like, I feel like I have a relationship with some of these people <laughs> and I've never sold them anything. Right. <laughs> like I walk in, like, Hey, Trevor, what's going on, man? Hey, how'd your kid do in that fishing tournament? And da, 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 da. You know, we're friends on Facebook or Instagram and you know, Hey, how's your podcast going? How's this going? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I did this. Yeah. I have a relationship with it. Never sold them anything. Right. And, and, but in my mind, I'm like, dude, this is going to come in handy at some point. This is going to come in handy. And mm-hmm. I, and I've had a few of those where, you know, they obviously can cash in. And that's why I keep doing it because I know that if I'm persistent and I'm patient mm-hmm. and I'm willing to go out there and, and keep showing seeds. up, right. I know that's going to pay off in the long run because I'm not going anywhere, man. And that's what I tell people sometimes too. I'm like, they're like, well, yeah, what do you think? I'm like, Hey dude, here's the deal. I want you to feel this product. I know it's going good. Like, I mean, I, you know, we talk about the insulated concrete form business has mm-hmm. been, so I've been in 20 years now. I've watched it go from people not knowing what it is all to where, you know, we're really getting a lot of uh, growth right now with it. And, and people come back and come back, come back. And I'm mm-hmm. getting people now that were like, Oh, uh, you still sell that uh, styrofoam concrete bullshit thing you were doing. I'm kind of, <laughs> I, th- I need to know about it now. Like, this I, mean, is, I read an article. It's genius. God, these guys, you know, and it's so funny. They're coming back. I mean, they, and most of them know, cause I call their bullshit. You know, if they, you know, they're like, uh, you know, oh, I'm ready to do this. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Fuck face. I've been telling you this for 20 <laughs> years. So we, we literally get to that point, but like, that's a relationship I've had with them. Right. And they keep coming back and they're like, Hey, and they knew they're like, they're like, Oh man, that, you know, they know that because I've been Mm -hmm. patient, I didn't champ, you know, I tell them I'm not going anywhere, man. I'm not going anywhere. My phone number is the same. My call, you know, here's my, you you know how to get hold of me. If you're ready to do this, let me know. And you're handsome and you're a healthy fat guy. Exactly. I mean, those are all bonuses. Great cholesterol. You have great cholesterol. Who doesn't want to buy styrofoam bullshit from a guy with great cholesterol? That's who they're going to buy from. I would. It comes down to that. If I was buying it, I would. I think it's just, it, 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 it's all about the cholesterol. Mm, I think so. But I do think, I mean, seriously, I think it's a, I I know for a fact I'm speaking firsthandly. I've proven the fact that if you are patient with people to do this, firsthandly, the hard, the first is that hand, a word? Firsthandedly, firsthandly, firsthandedly. Ah, I think it's first. You know what? Your strategy sometimes shocks mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Continue. I am a wizard with the words mm. of my mouth. Wordsmith, your mouth is so good. Not, Patience, not much cholesterol. I'm gonna go right back into a very <laughs> good quote. Oh, wait, hold on a second. Let me get to the edge of my seat. Now that I'm doing so good with my words in my mouth hole. Your mouth hole is working great. And proceed. Patience, persistence, and pers... Damn it. Oh, you uh, had I it. it up, too. You had it. Ah, uh, well. Try it again. Try it again. Patience, persistence, and perspiration. You know what you need? Make an unbeatable combination for success. You need to do it again. Okay. This is what you need. Yeah. We cue the music right there. Okay. Now the music. You feel it? You yeah, feel it? I do feel it. Now do it. Patience, persistence, perspiration make an unbeatable combination for success. Yeah. Napoleon Hill. I don't know who that is. It's uh, Mr. and Mrs. A, Hill's kid. But that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Napoleon? Napoleon Hill. He made. He has a great ice cream. Hmm. I like ice cream. Um. Anyways, I think that's exactly what, like, I mean, that's what I do. Like, I literally am. I'm patient. I'd be persistent. I keep coming back and knocking mm-hmm. on their door and seeing them. You know, I'm not shoving it down their throat because mm-hmm. they don't like that. Uh, and just, you know, I'm working it off. Sweat equity, man. Get in there and do the work. You got to do it. Those are what you're going to do if you want to be successful at this stuff. And that's right. It's, su- it's successful at anything. I have a 13-year-old kid playing basketball. I know you know a thing or two about basketball. Yeah. 
but it's, you know, it, it is the same principle of Jalen. When you go through all of this practice stuff and then you apply that stuff you've been working on outside the game and you apply it in the game, you're going to raise that level. And every, every ounce of energy, every minute that you put in practicing, every time you dribble that basketball, all of those things add up. And I, I told her the other day, I said, Jalen, do you really want to be the point guard? Yeah. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get your basketball and I want you to go jog around the block and do a little serpentine thing around our block and do it every single day and dribble your basketball the entire time. And then we got into an argument about how far it was. I'm like, you're missing the point. <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't matter if it's a mile or 10 miles. Get out there and dribble that basketball so that you could be blindfolded and know exactly where that ball is going to go. Because as you build on your skills, you're going to start figuring things out mentally. I was working with her today on something. Jalen, every time you take the ball down, you curl off to the right and you come back around here and I can use the baseline and like, I will shut you down every single time because I know where you're going. Right. Don't do that. And if you're going to do that, set that up and then go through your legs and go left instead of going right. Yeah. You've practiced that. Do it. You know, and she's like, Ooh. but it comes back around, man, work at it, put in the time. And there is an element of patience where you're going to nail that. And there's going to be a time where you do it and you don't even think about it. Your body just knows what to do. That muscle memory only comes from time. There's no other way to get it. Think about patience. Okay, talk about patience in the sports world. Oh, it, okay. What's one of the best plays you can ever set up, right? Is a screen, screen. play in football. Yeah, screen. They literally will set it up with patience. Oh, yeah. o linemen have to have patience. They fake a block. They block, block. They peel off. They roam out. The the line, you know, your go your, get him. Your running back kind of peels off this way. Your quarterback makes the play go this way, and everybody just waits patiently over here till he dumps the ball, and then yep. they go. Yeah, you know, and it's it's no different. Like in in basketball. So talking about basketball, you know. Patience is passing, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's patience in, in basketball. So our coaches always tell us, like, I mean, they flat out tell you, like, we would count out loud <laughs> how many passes. passes yeah. Because the coach is like, if you shoot with less than 10 passes, I'm going to punch somebody. Like, I mean, because you could punch kids back then. And they bring it back. They would bring it back. <laughs> they literally would. You, you, I mean, we would count one, two, three. Four, five, and I mean, there was a point where I remember like running those those drills where it was like Jesus Christ, I don't even know where to pass it at this point. Like this is this is stupid. This is too many. But then you get in the game scenario and you realize that that patience, yeah. like having the patience to do that, is what won us the game, right? Like mm -hmm. I mean, and it's you know state champions, nineteen ninety three. God, it was awesome. Love it. They literally like you. You see how you the passing is actually what comes in handy. Football, you see that where that's where that's handy, right? It's the same deal. Baseball. I mean, everything. I don't care what sport you have. Like, I mean, patience is everything. Chess. Yeah, I, if I was smart enough to don't, play chess, I would don't tell you ever that. play chess with me. No, ever, because I take a million years to play. But in my defense, my very first chess game. So I. This is kind of a weird fact that you probably would not. You know. beat an old Russian man. I didn't. I beat a young Korean man. Oh. Wow. It sounded so, so weird. Yeah, it sounds semi-racist. But. but it's a true story. Okay. Sanjin was his name. Or it still is his name. We called him Philip. I'm not sure why, but he liked it. Anyway, very, very good chess player. Taught me how... This is a weird story. I don't know how I got into this. The first time I ever played chess was in the Philippines playing with a Korean. I don't know. Hmm. Kind of weird. It Teaches me how to play like as I'm... But I, I'm a really slow chess player because... It's all strategy. And right. I'm like, so my brain is taking apart puzzles and putting them back together. And I'm like, it's like, okay, it's like seeing the matrix. And so each move, it's all calculated. So we end up playing through and I end up beating him my very first game. And he was like, Joey, I love, this is not meant to be offensive. I want to paraphrase. I just want to love it. put it that always, out there. It's always good after you say that. Whenever, well, because so my kids... Give me a hard time. They're like, Dad, that's racist. I'm like, it's not racist if I'm doing an impression of somebody with an accent. Right. I'm doing an act. I'm doing an impression. It's not racist. Anyway, so Philip, the Korean, he had a, this real soft one. Jody, you you just beat me. 
And I was like, I did, Philip. I beat you. And he's like, no, 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 no. Jody, you are not supposed to beat me. <laughs> anyway. Well, it is what it is. A little sidebar. But they, uh, it, it, well, no, I mean, I, I like it. Uh, it's a good segue. Into some Sorry, good I Korean remember, food? I remember it's segue. Good job. I think, like, this, something you and I talk about all the time is the parenting side of things, right? And taking mm-hmm. some of this stuff that we do in our day-to-day business stuff and, like, bringing it home to the kids and stuff. You've got, obviously, you started at an early age with that. That was something that taught you patients at an early age, and I think everyone's got it. I honestly kind of failed in this with my kids. I really didn't teach them a whole lot of patience. I don't think that I can think of in any way. But I heard something <laughs> as now my kids are older that I thought was super intelligent that the guy taught that was telling me about it says – He's taught his kids patience from like a super early age, like literally using candy. He would take I his like kids candy. and he would say, hey, you could have this piece of candy today on Monday after dinner. Mm-hmm. And they're all excited. I want that candy. Or, and he holds it back from him for a minute and he makes him make a decision. He says, you can have this one little piece of candy right now, mm-hmm. or we can put it back in the pantry and you could save up your pieces of candy and trade them in on Saturday for a king size or trip to the ice cream store you know go and get ice cream or what like he teaches them Mm -hmm. that there's a reward for waiting right so now you got your kids in most cases a lot of cases not not a not a bad thing not a failure so a lot of those kids are gonna be like "Ah, no give me the candy i want the candy now right they're gonna take candy but if you can teach those kids at an early age whether it be with candy or money and he said same thing you know you Mm -hmm. take your son and you say okay here's your deal i'm gonna give you five bucks a week for your ten bucks a week for your allowance okay you mow the lawn you get 10 bucks a week i'm going to do that for four weeks and if you don't take the ten dollars at the end of the week when it's due and then go blow it on dutch bros or some stupid shit you know that you're going to do with your friends Mm -hmm. and you let me hold that money at the end of the month i'll give you fifty dollars and start teaching him teaching him like how interest i mean basically that's kind of like an investment thing it's making him think of like interest you put it in the bank it builds up or whatever you invest but like even just teaching a kid at an early age that like if they could have the one piece of candy today i can get a big ass candy bar on saturday teaches them to like just slow down and like wait a minute maybe it's not always the best thing what's right in front of you because here's the deal people in the real world are going to take advantage of you Mm -hmm. with your quick decision Oh. You know, like if you, the first deal is not the best deal. That, All right. When yeah. people come out and they're Emotion, like, oh, just take this. Like, and you're just like, yeah, I'll take it. Emotion like, is stop not. Stop and think and look and figure yeah, emotion's it out. not your best friend on the, on the great deal. No, no. But that's so I'm, I'm going to swing this back around to, to car sales. One of the reasons I think car sales has changed so dramatically in the last 10 to 15 years is the idea of the emotion of the test drive has lost it's still very, very valuable. Here's the difference. I know everything there is to know most of the time when I'm going in looking for a car because I've already done all the research. If you look statistically at how long a car sale takes now versus 10 years ago, it's a fraction of the time because you're not having to sell me. I know what I want. Yeah. Give me a good deal. and. I used to have to go into the dealership and say, hey, what's the difference between these two engines and why do people like this engine over there? Right. Now I can hit Google and say, Google, what's the best Ford F-150 engine? And, and, and I can smart, read a million of them. If you're smart, you have all that stuff on your website. Right. And you are found in the search engines when I go, hey, what's the difference between a 2015 and a 2016 Subaru Outback? Right. Right. There's, there is a dealership, a Subaru dealership on the East Coast it is hands down the best site I've ever been able to find on Subarus. And what is the difference? Whoever does all their stuff, brilliant. Hmm. It's such a great resource. And here's the funny thing. I can't remember the name of the dealership, but I'll go. I, it's so easy to go find. Like it's Planet Subaru. But you guys have so much credibility now. I'm probably going to go buy a car from you. Right. At, least, at least you're in the conversation. And if I'm anywhere geographically close to that area... That's a good thing. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's it's all about, I mean, I, I think that's everybody, though. It's long-term versus short-term. Everything's mm-hmm. short-term. Trying to change your minds back away from the the actual, you know, the, the short-term, get it now, get it now mentality, which, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I think is really cool about that. Like, I mm, like yeah. being able to look on Twitter and see why the cars are backed up or what the... Instantaneous, you know, and here's the thing. It isn't necessarily 
a bad thing. Instantaneous no. information is a good thing because now I'm more informed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but it, everything in moderation. But And it's and, and it's, use that information yeah, exactly. to think long-term. Right. If you're not in the whole idea about the candy, about money, about advertising, it all comes down to basically what is your perception? Are you able to, I, I talk about elevation a lot. I personally think the best managers are the ones that have the ability to go from the ground floor working with the grunts up to 50,000 feet and see the vision of the company. Those guys, I think, are some of the best managers to work for, not necessarily lead a company into something amazing. Like, that's a different breed. That's awesome. But the guys that I want to work for are the guys that understand how hard it is to do my job, but yet are in the conversations with the guys that are, that are visionaries to make the decision, and yeah. they're the ones saying, Hey, listen, I understand that that's your vision, but here's the challenges that we have to overcome to get there. Here's what we have to do to get from here to there. And it's not an impossible thing, but if you as the visionary don't have the right information from that mid manager, right. you can't get there. And all your people think you're an idiot because they're like, yeah, okay, mister, I haven't sold anything in 10 years telling me how to do it. They know. Right. If, if you have, and again, it, it goes back to that credibility thing, but being able to go from the ground floor of how to, I mean, even doing a podcast, how do you do a podcast? There's ground floor stuff of what mic do you get? Right. You are you going to do it on this platform? Are you going to, how are you going to record it? Where are you going to record it? Can you do it at a kitchen table? Yeah, you can do it at a kitchen table. If you set it up right, but you right. got to know how to do it. That's the, the grunt stuff of that, right? Versus the perspective of, dude, we got to get this going and figure it out. Right. Because here's the vision of where this is going to go. And it's how do you, how do you bridge, how do you bridge that gap of the vision of it and the the process or operation of it, of getting it done. And I think that's for, for me and what I do as far as the marketing stuff and even just in, in my job in and of itself, there's constant tension within how do you weigh out the ground floor of the operation of making things happen with the vision of what it could be, right? That's a super big challenge. As a car dealership, how do you weigh out the need to sell a car today, right, with we need to brand your dealership? There, What's the ROI in branding your dealership? It's really hard because it's a different perspective. It's not a number that I can look at on a spreadsheet and go, I sold 200 units this month, right? It's a different perspective. It's a different metric, but they're, they're interlinked. And if you try and separate them out, you're not going to be as successful. The guys that are the most successful, they're constantly branding. They're constantly offering those incentives that are a, a right now incentive. Zamzos is a great example locally. They know who they are. They know who their audience is. They know what they're all about. They always have the answer. If they can't get the answer, they'll find somebody that does have the answer. You go into the store. It's super consistent. And they're constantly reminding you about things you need to know about that are tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny thing is, if you take a big step back from it, of course they know because they've been doing it for 100 years. And it's all cycles. And we forget that as consumers. Because our problems are so immediate. Their perspective, they take a big step back and they go, yeah, these problems, this is an every year thing. This is an every season thing. This is an every five-year thing. This is an every 10-year thing. And they they see it because of their perspective. And they can strategize the right approach to, again, start that conversation to get you to the point of where, well, I need to fix this problem. You guys are talking about it. And then you go in and the product works. Very, very rarely have I ever heard, man, Zamzo's is expensive because it works. Well, they have to, I think that, I mean, if there's managers listening to this that they need to understand the whole idea is we tend to, you know, as salespeople and Mm. managers, you tend to sell, you tend to enforce things in a very immediate way, in a very short-term way, right? Yeah. Like we look at, like we look at matrix that show what the sales were this month. Like what are your sales this month? Are you going to make your bonus this month? Are you going to make, it's very much that way. And and, and even, you know, even the culture of just even big business, right? They're going to take a sales manager 
And I, you know, I've, I've worked with sales managers who I think the sales managers don't, they don't want to micromanage anybody. They're like doing really mm-hmm. well. Right. But you know, and they're trying to keep this culture where it's open to where like, like, you know, oh, no, we want these guys long-term. We want the long-term sales. We want this, we want that. At some point though, somebody is going to be in there, whether it's the CFO or the CEO or whoever it is, somebody's going to come down to that sales manager and be like, Hey, what are you guys doing this month? What are they going to do next month kind of deal? And I think that's where we run this really fine line in the sales business anyways, is mm-hmm. people judge things on a fairly immediate way. And it's really hard for them to see eye to eye with the marketing department. Who's like, yeah, but we're marketing to sell stuff two years from now when we'll be the biggest Subaru dealership two years from now versus like, well, that's fine, but how I'll be fired pay, by then. Yeah, how are we going to pay the yeah, power bill this yeah, month? I'll be fired by then. And that's where I think we have to look yeah. at. And I hope if anyone's listening, this is like that, that manages people or even people that are owners and CEOs that see this thing and say, you know, you're right. Like we, we need to change that mentality. Like, I mean, you need to watch it. You don't need to like the enforcement of it. You need to, we need to think longer term. And I, and I hope that people teach their kids to think longer term. I think it's going to yeah. benefit to, to teach the, you know, your salespeople. I think we'll all have better experiences in that longer term kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It makes sense even from a buyer standpoint, like the people I sell to, oh, 100%. I want them to look at me and say, like, okay, this guy's my vendor. What's my long-term benefit to working with this vendor versus mm-hmm. that? Because that benefits me too. I don't want anyone that's just like, I don't like to sell the guys that are like, what's my deal today? Because I always feel like, here's an example. And I, I actually think I brought this up. I always forget because I have a shitty memory. But they, like, I got offered to sell. Uh, I had a guy that wanted me to sell house wrap mm-hmm. in the building industry. And the building industry house wrap is like nails. It's like, it, it's just the, it's the cheapest of the cheap shit. And like, people just are not loyal to it, right? Mm-hmm. House wraps, house wraps, half wrap. So it's like, okay, well, what's your price on house wrap? And literally, like, I could go sell it to my mom, and then to next month, my mom would be like, sorry, you didn't get it this month because this guy was 25 <laughs> cents cheaper. Like, it, right. you just, you, there's no loyalty in it. It's right. just not – it's not a good – I would never sell it because it's not my type of product. It's not something I, I look at. But, like, that's something where I look at, like, you as a buyer should be like, I'm going to make a relationship with my vendor on these products. You know, maybe house reps not it, but it's like – those are those kind of things where I want people to kind of change their mindset around like mm-hmm. this short term and make it more long term. It's beneficial to everybody on all sides of it. I mean, I think it's huge. Um, what I have this is a question that I always this this is where I want to get into your big brain. No, I I battle with this a lot because I've been in I've been in a lot of businesses. I've had a lot of companies. I've had some that did really well. I've had some that did really really not well. Um, and you always battle as somebody in that position to like, where's the line? So we're talking, I'm going to, we're going to stay positive with this, but I'm going to take you on the opposite side of this, this dun, argument. Dun, so dun. I've got the don't rush, be patient thing. Right. Right. Where's that line where like, okay, you're done. Stop being patient because you know what? I mean, I think we've probably all got examples in our life of somebody that we know that, you know, is probably older, uh, They've just been doing it too long. Let's let's put it this way. Let's. Um, God, I just lost. It. it was the uncle in Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, Rico. Uncle Rico. Uncle Rico. We've all got an Uncle Rico in our life that's like still like oh, I'm I gonna make thrown it. a football over that mountain. I'm gonna make it. You know, <laughs> like I mean, I, I'm sitting here, you know, going, you know, well, uh, I'm being patient. I'm not gonna rush things. I'm still gonna be a catcher in the in in, in, in on the major leagues. You know what, dude? I'm not. I missed my window. I'm not going to be. You a, can't a even go up a set of stairs without yeah. bitching about your knees. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So, like, where is that? Like, I mean, that's a that's a hard thing. I think for a lot of people to have that uh, self awareness uh, and that's it, the right honesty there. with yourself, or have people in your circle that mm-hmm. are honest with you. They're like, dude, you're not going to be a catcher now. You know, maybe you ought to look at a different job. Cause you don't want to crush people's dreams. Right. Like, I mean, it's funny. Like I think of people, I, I've, I've known people, I think of one guy that worked for me and he was like, he wanted to be a musician mm-hmm. and it was all his heart to be a musician. And he busted his ass to be a musician, but he was working shitty jobs mm-hmm. and going and playing music for a long time. And I'm like, man, I really respect the fact that this guy wants to do this and he's got the patience and you want him to be that story that like uh, 55 years old, he gets signed by Sony <laughs> records and now he's famous right now. He, where do you do that, man? Here's the thing, man. Go to Nashville. That story. Yeah. <laughs> it's, dude, it's in every bar. There are guys. There's six of them in every bar. It is amazing how much talent is out there. It really is. Yeah. But, I mean, I think 
some of the things that I think you keyed on are really good. Self-awareness, I think, is one of them. Um, and, and again, it goes back to one of the things we talked about in a, one of our earlier podcasts. It's, it's having good people around you that when you talk to those good people, they'll tell you, listen, buddy, your head's up your butt. Yeah. Like, I love I you. I love you, but, but here's the thing. You're not good but, at that. But at this the tastes same, like shit. <laughs> but at the same time, what are you doing to, to reach that level? And is it enough? Because that bar has changed. You go back. So I, I worked as a country DJ for 15, 20 years. And you go back and look at some of the country musicians that were in the late 80s, early 90s, and how quote unquote talented they were. And you contrast that with your average guy now that's not making it. Right. The guys now are way better. They're so good. Musically better. Their voices, their marketing, everything is better. It's all about the timing on some of that stuff. But like to take a look at George Strait. Not a good looking guy. Right? Mm. He's not not a great looking guy. And he's a little bit dorky. That guy is the real deal. And people, Chris Ledoux, another same guy, yeah, same thing, right? People loved him because he was the real deal, right, right, right. So there's, I, I mean, I, th- I think there's instances where y- you just got it. There are other instances. Same thing that we talked about about the sports. Some people have it. Some people got to work for it, right? But I think it depends on what it is. Um, and for me, like if I'm if I'm talking to my kids, because my kids, they are like my, and I I talk about my oldest quite a bit. My my Logan, that kid, I am not kidding. He could go be one of those YouTube, go play Call of Duty kids. Yeah. He's that good. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, man, you're 11. Right. And I don't necessarily want to get you all the stuff to do this because you're on Twitch. Yeah, I get a Twitch channel. Yeah, he's got it. Thing. He's got all that stuff. And I'm, I am, he wants a, a computer so bad. And I'm like, dude. And so I'm, I'm trying to slow play that. My youngest, she is funny. She wants to be a YouTube star. Yeah. My oldest or a, a musician. And I, I tell them all the time, listen, this is really, really hard. If you want to go do that, go do it. But just know the math on it. Right. The math is that 99% of those people that go out there trying to do that, they don't. And it's, it's, they, it's hard to do, but, but here's my philosophy on it. Go out there and kill it and be everything that you think you were created to be and go work your butt off. Cause that's all good. You're all moving. You're moving the right direction on that stuff. And you may be on that road thinking you're going to that city and where you're really going is going to be over here. And what you might discover is in doing all this stuff and being really good at it, you're actually really good at helping other people go do that and go be amazing. And you become this mentor and teacher for this younger generation coming up. And you had no idea. That's not where you were going to be. I was going to be that guy way up on the mountain. Well, no, no, you're actually. Well, don't take it as a loss. It's not a loss. Maybe not taking it as a loss and need to know. Here's, I guess I just came up with a pretty good analogy. I think that will show how classy I am. Um, Which is not in question. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of like you have, you know, you go out to the bar and you're going to pick up yourself a, a lady friend. Mm. You give it your all while you're out. There. I mean, you're dancing, you're, oh, yeah. you're talking, you're buying drinks, you're being charming, you're doing everything you can, right? Yeah. But you got patience. You know, you don't go running into the bar at seven o'clock and just grab the first girl, right? You got to be patient. <laughs> you know, they turn you down. That's fine. I am you know, very you ask them a couple. You ask a couple times, hey, do you want you want to dance? No, I don't want to dance. All right, how about this next dance? You know, you, yeah. you, you know you, you're doing your thing, right? Yeah. But eventually, yeah. the lights are coming on. Eventually, it's going to be 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. They're going to call last call, mm-hmm. and you may not have done enough. And that's where you got to be aware enough to realize, time to go. I'm going to grab an Uber. I'm just going to step away from this one and move on. Now, you took the L that night, okay? That's all right. There's another bar. Next weekend, <laughs> you go to another bar, and you start that process over. You pivot to that other bar, right? And you go, and you do the same thing over. If that's really what you know, and you, you try to do what you try to do. Like, you don't take it. You don't say, like, oh, I went to the bar last Friday, and I tried to dance with the girls. I tried to meet a girl. And I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. Hmm. No, that's not what it's about. Hmm. But you need to have that awareness to know that, like, hey, whatever you tried, hmm. whatever that is, you know, be patient. 
Don't slow roll it. Don't try to rush it. But you got to have a line in the sand at some point where you don't. And that's where I've really struggled because I think I've gone way past my line before. I think I've been escorted out of the bar at 3 a.m. I have, guy. Like, I I have like, no have doubt to go. in my mind whatsoever that there have been many times you've been escorted out <laughs> of a bar at three in the morning. These girls want nothing to do with you. You need to go home. But it's, I literally have done that with businesses where I know that like, I just took it past done. Right? Don't I, you understand how low my cholesterol is? <laughs> I'm a catch. I'm the healthiest <laughs> fat man you'll ever meet. Yeah. And a good dancer. But it, a I, I just think that there's a point where like, it's something that I still, I, I mean, 44 years in, I think I still struggle with the fact of like, you want optimism. I love to be positive. I mean, my my screensaver on my phone, I open up every time I pick up my phone, says optimistic as fuck, because I am. I've I always like, wondered how optimistic that is. That's uh, well, a lot. That's a lot. It's, it's like an like, 11 on a scale of 10. Yeah, well, that's a, and I'm technically, I'm. it's like a fuck ton of optimism. That's a lot. Which is uh, like two, that's a 10 shit tons, and uh, yeah. just about half a fuckload. So that's a that's, lot. That's, that's a lot of math. That's we just a did. lot. Yeah. So, but I think you try to stay optimistic, you know, but it's hard. Like sometimes you got to draw that line and be like, dude, you've been patient. Well, it's, you've it's, tried. We need to try something different. When do you cut bait? Right. So here's, here's, here's my, I'm going to give you my concise answer. Okay. It is this. Know thyself, right? Know who you are. Number one, right? Be self-aware. Number two, have somebody that is, an older generation that's our parents' age and talk to them and have them mentor you and then have somebody that is 10, 15, 20 years younger than you and just have a relationship with them. Let them in, right? Because they're going to see things that you do not see. Just right. like that older generation is going to see things that you do that's not see. That's an interesting look, yeah. Right? So my, this is something that I, I try and do. I'm a big nerd on mentorship, right? The wisdom that a, a 22-year-old is going to bring to the table, there's things that I need to know. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> I need to know those things. That's pretty smart. Yeah, no, right? I never thought about that. Yeah. There's things that when, like, for example, going through a divorce is hard, right? There are things Not that fun. I needed to hear from the generation ahead of me. I needed to hear those things. And what was shocking to me on a real personal note they were all the same message. Mm -hmm. Every single, our parents' generation person I talked to right, said right. the same thing. So kind of swinging that back around, when is it time to change direction? When you wake up and realize that you've been hitting a wall and you're not going anywhere. Right. Are you spinning your tires? And now here's the thing. Look at the scoreboard. If it's you're, the scoreboard but, thing, right? But at the same time, there are people that I know that are content to spend, spend the tires being quote unquote great. So for me personally, I'd spent 23 years in radio and I loved what I did. I did radio production for a bunch of radio stations. I could have turned that into something really cool and gone to a corporate level and trained all of our radio groups to do better production and benefited the entire company. I could have stayed in Boise and said, Hey, I want this group of radio stations to be amazing and do the very best awesome sauce that we can do within this little sphere. Right. Or I could realize what did I want to do when I set out in my marketing and advertising journey? My goal from the very beginning was not to be the best radio guy. My goal was to be, I want to work for an agency and do the best creative. And at some point, I got to stand on the edge of that dock and go, oh, man, do I jump in? Right? There's times where you got to jump off the dock and jump into the water and swim. And it, are there sharks? Are there alligators? Yeah. Is the megalodon in the water? I don't know. Sometimes you can't see the other boat and you got to jump off the other. But that, that's, it's hard to do. But that's where, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a nod. You're hardwired to jump in the water where a lot of people aren't. Yeah. And it's very scary for but them. But I'm to also do that. aware of that. I mean, that's a self awareness thing on me. Because you think done I it. figured it out. Like, I figured it out, right? Like, I figured out that I don't. So I used to be really fucking confused about that. Like, it was hard. Like, I, and I'll be honest, I think it was a part of my, you know, you talk about going back to divorce. 
think it's a part of the reason that my relationship, you know, my marriage didn't work was like, we couldn't get on the same page with the idea of like how excited I was to go risk everything. Right. And she was completely freaked the fuck out when I'd be like, I know, isn't it cool? We're going to risk all this, but we could win double. And and like, no, this isn't cool. This is like one person's stable and one person's just really not, uh, you know, looking for a stability thing. So I get it. I, you know, and I've learned in, in my age, I've learned that, I'm aware of the fact that I'm not that guy. Right. So I think that that's, that's okay. But like Mm -hmm. I said, again, it's my struggle that I think I'm getting pretty clear on as far as like starting to learn that I have to have a line there somewhere. There's gotta be a guardrail on my road, you know, like, I mean, I like to run fast and wild and, and around that corner as fast as I can. Right. But I need until to, you go off the road. Yeah, I need to make sure that there's a guardrail. And it, and like I said, it's surrounding myself with good people. That's why I ask you that question and and other people like, hey, where am I right? Am I good? Am I not good? What should I do? You know. And having good people that'll answer, that'll answer that question. I mean, even even relationally, if yeah. my if my head's up my butt, I want my friends to tell me, dude, how's that smell? Yeah, because your head's dude. in your butt. Yeah. Or just look at, I mean, we've, we've grown up with the same people. Yeah. We got relationships with people. You're like, dude, the <laughs> girl you're dating is a psycho. You know, like, I mean, you got, yeah. no, 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 I'm good. You don't She's know amazing. her like you I do, bro. Know. She's, yeah. Uh, you know, and like, I mean, I think it's just a matter of like knowing where that, you know, obviously there, there's that whole like give her time, be patient kind of deal. And then there's that, uh, no, just you got it. Nick, you got to cut bait and go. So I think that it's, you know. I think we've we've kind of covered a lot of those as far as different aspects. As far as we've got the sales side of it, the business side of it, the kids side of it, we've even gotten into relationships. We we covered a lot there. We did, and I I have a lot of answers. I feel smarter. Do you feel smarter? I do. And gassy. Let me tell you something that'll make you feel smart. This is I love uh, Warren Buffett. Is he's pretty smart? Yeah, I'd love like super smart. Here's something that I I would love to sit down with a guy like that. I'd love to sit down with a Jack Welsh. I'd love to sit down with a Colin Powell. I'd love to sit down with, I mean, even even politicians that I may or may not agree with, I would love to sit down and be like, what is your perspective? I, I had an opportunity to go golf with Cecil Andrus, mm-hmm. one of the coolest guys I have ever met, mm-hmm. right? From a political standpoint, I, he and I were not eye to eye on stuff, but it was fun to discuss that type of stuff. But I mean, you go golf with a guy and you're spending four or five hours with him, dude, what a treasure of an experience and what a wealth of knowledge. That's for me. That's my whole nugget on that, on your whole big question, engage people and talk to them and ask them questions and sponge it up. Cause you never know what small phrase somebody will say that is a catalyst for something great down the road. You do not know. Here's and that's the adventure. Here's a couple nuggets for you from a super smart guy. Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett says, go. no matter how great your talents or your efforts, some things just take time. Mm-hmm. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. I can't say I've tried that, but I'm going to go with that's correct. Yeah. Takes time, man. You know, you can't you can't rush it. You can't try to push things through. The other thing that Warren said uh, that I think everybody kind of needs to remember is we talk about patience, mm. but it can also go away pretty quick too if you don't do the right thing. And one thing that he said that I thought was super smart he says it takes twenty years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. Oh my gosh! It's you got to wrap your head around that. Like we're talking patience, you know, and just keep in mind, people. Do it. Dude, Do everything you know you're doing. Only take 20 years uh, to build a good reputation and five minutes to ruin it. So make sure that and, what and you're sometimes, doing, you're being Sometimes smart. that's the little secrets in the closet. They'll come and get you. I, I love, I've heard this little nugget of wisdom. Always tell the truth. That way you don't have to remember what you've lied about. Exactly. Be, I mean, have integrity. And now the whole, the whole thing of patience, really, then <laughs> this is going to be out on a ledge here, but some of the people with struggle that struggle with patience are the people that don't have the integrity to back it up. Ooh. Wow. That's a Jody Sally quote right there. That's tough. That's pretty good. And that takes some self-awareness. Am I a man of my word? Yep. It's a choice. So here we go. We're going into uh, episode seven. Hmm. Raise a glass to that. Yeah. Empty glass. Lucky seven. Yeah. Uh, well, mine's not all empty. Yeah. I drink faster. 
that. Episode seven. Uh, this was kind of a fun one. It'll get probably get me a little more fired up. I think this was a pretty subdued yeah. one. Um, no pun intended. Actually, has firing in the in the title of it. Firing the customer. Oh God! God, this is something I fucking uh, love doing. Yeah, I on, literally feel like this is the coolest thing about being self-employed and working for yourself and i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's great i think that more businesses need to adopt that because here's the deal working relationships they're partnerships and guess what not all of them are good it's some of this is all they're not all good partnerships there's so many of our episodes it's gonna it's literally gonna pull together a lot of our episodes i'm kind of excited about it because it's like it literally talks about surrounding yourself with good people right did you pee a little and a little back you did i can tell i saw saw your eyebrow go up and i was like i guarantee you if you guys have any kind of bets on how many over under on the fucks are going to be said in this episode i'd take the over because Mm -hmm. i get fired up when i talk about firing customers because i think that it's probably the most underrated ability that people have, and this isn't even just, I'm not just talking business owners. I'm talking about you as a customer or as a yeah. salesperson and dealing with your day-to-day customers. You will benefit so much by getting rid of shitty customers mm-hmm. and moving on to good customers. You will make more money firing and getting rid of customers than you will. And I'll there. go into detail. I've oh, done man. this in... I've done this in a lot of different situations. I, I think I it's some, a key to some, some of my funny stories. So. This will be a good. I'm excited about this. I, know, it's gonna be, I just it's gonna be fun. I just paid a little. All right, well, not not a lot. I mean, I want. Thank God you don't have pants on. I don't. I know. I'd like to do my podcast in the buff. Yeah. Well, well at least from the waist It's down. very. It's very natural. Well, very yeah. Natural. Just don't drop anything. Sorry. I have to pick up. Sorry about under your, the table. Sorry you about get your startled. Chair. Yeah. A lot of butt sweat. A little bit. That was a good one, man. I appreciate it. All right. Three Havoc, out.